Welcome to Thought Revolution. This is a show for leaders like you who want to learn how to lead and manage in a way that expands your impact and influence. My name is Kristen Nebro and I am the founder of Impact Consultancy. And I'm excited to share with you my biggest aha moments and thought-provoking concepts that are designed to free up your time, your team's capacity, and your ability to create impact in the world. Let's go. Well, welcome to episode 12. We're here today and this one's going to be a killer one because we're breaking down principles and their connection to performance. And if you've experienced my work in the past, whether you've heard me speak, you've been at one of my trainings, um, I've been with your team during a consult, or maybe it's just been through this podcast or my blog, you probably are familiar with me and it's all about unleashing potential. And specifically, the potential I'm interested in is a team's ability to perform and really create meaningful results. Those results that mean something to that team and they know that they're making a difference. And I'm not going to go one step further on this one because to me, that is awesome. But being able to set you up to create consistent and sustainable results, that's just the cherry on top. That's really what I'm after because I know how hard that is. And I know a piece of that requires you. It requires the person actually making the decision to make that happen every single day or every single moment, depending on how you break that down. But it also requires that you have the right systems and tools to make that work. And the outcome or the byproduct, which is super fun to see, which is what gets me excited when I'm like cracking my eyes open and my son's waking me up at five and five thirty in the morning. And no, I don't mean the son. I mean my son. I mean my kid who's bouncing his belly off my face, getting me up in the morning. And I'm just tired as hell, but I'm going to get up anyways. And when I think about what I'm going to do for the day, this is what crosses my mind is that I'm going to work with a group and they're going to have incredible engagement because of what we do, because that's what gets created when we create the kind of systems that I'm talking about. There's going to be high productivity. And that word kind of like bores me, to be honest with you. But when I connect it to what it is they're trying to accomplish, whether the productivity is about trying to unleash a team's ability to serve more young people or an ability to be able to um, serve more clients because maybe what they're producing is um, an incredible service around, um, you know, uh, law and legal aid, whatever that is, maybe it's high collaboration, maybe it's strong alignment, especially strong alignment with what they're doing today and this week with wherever it is they're trying to go with their strategy. Like that's killer to me because what is at the heart of all that is the adaptable team. And I believe that that's what we're after is your ability to adapt. Because life is like this river. It's this river of moments and we're all moving along it and you can't stop it. We just flow with it. So how awesome are we at our ability to adjust to changing circumstances? And, and I mean that in our personal life, but definitely I'm talking about within the context of teams and organizational culture. And if nothing changed, our ability, especially as a leader, to manage and lead teams would be easy. But that's not what happens. Circumstances change. Priorities change. Our partners change. The issues, they change. The customers that, that we deal with change. The issues that our customers face change. And that puts us at the epicenter of dealing with a whole bunch of variation. So in today's world, we don't need people who are just good at their jobs in the traditional sense. Like, I think that's really important. When I was a leader and I was looking for that, like that's still important today as it was, you know, about 15 years ago when I was working. And that's not even that long ago as, as a leader, but we need people who are good at detecting and responding to the changes in the environment on top of being good at their jobs. That's really what's important here. And that's a super tall order. 
And it's not a skill currently taught in our schools, last I checked, or by most management trainers. You know, at best, when I've been exposed to what's out there, we have an array of trainings that address the fallout from our inability to do this. So mindfulness, which I, which is awesome. Don't get me wrong. I'm just going to like call some things out here. Mindfulness around restoring imbalance, conflict resolution, communication, team dynamics. None of these are bad. They're super necessary. The problem is that most of them address symptoms that aren't quite getting to what I think are the root cause of what's happening here. And they're not built to last. Like they've got a shelf life, just like anything else that require that we continue to work at it. And and what's missing here is something we're going to talk about today. So in our last episode, episode 11, I talked about the importance of driving culture and even laid out a blueprint for how to make it a daily leadership activity. And I shared three key insights. One, conscious culture requires conscious behavior. Two, systems and structures require that we drive those behaviors. So here's the thing. Let me break those two down. If you want conscious culture, you got to make sure you're paying attention to behavior and not just results. And as leaders, most of us are paying attention to results, first and foremost. Two, if you want to drive behavior, you can't do it any other way by using systems and structures. You can try some other ways, but systems and structures within an organization tend to have um, the most power. They're the, they're the best place to create high leverage um, shift in what people are doing. And last but not least, insight number three, culture has to be on purpose. So today, let's think about what drives purpose. See, I believe that if we're trying to change behavior using systems, then we need to ensure that our systems are anchored in principles. And why? Uh, you know, I'd say because principles are enduring. They last. And I'm, I'll share more about why and, and, and how that's possible. So what do I mean by principles? Let's just, let's just pause and talk about that for a second because I ask teams to define this word for me all the time. Principles is what I call a suitcase word. We pack a ton of meaning into it, like respect. That's another suitcase word. You know, everyone's got a different idea about what it means, and we just carry around these meanings without really unpacking them. So I want to be really intentional as I define this today. The distinction I want to draw from the outset is between values and principles, because this is a place where I think we typically get stuck. And why? <laughs> suitcase yo they're almost always viewed as synonyms and i think it's because we may not have taken the time to really examine the difference and i think that's it i think that's all that there is to it i think we 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 had a we had a word that was put out there we've used it a bunch like values values principles without really getting um the time and the space that we needed to to get clear about what they mean and their impact so that's what we're going to do today when you have that clarity it's going to open something up for you by the end of this podcast so let's jump into it so let's start with a definition of values. And I define values as a judgment of what is important. Judgment of what is important. And it serves as a foundation for the standard of behavior. So I want to really call that out. It's a judgment and it serves as a standard for behavior. So you think about values, maybe teamwork, respect, family. Those are all potentially values. And they're judgments of what are important to you. They're judgments because we don't all value respect or family, and we certainly don't value them the same way. Like we have different interpretations of what respect means or what family means. And I said it serves as the foundation for a standard of behavior. So you and I, we might both value family. I think that's super possible. But based on how we value it or how much will dictate how we behave differently, especially because values compete with each other. 
I might value hard work over family and make it mean that I spend more time at the office than with my kids uh, or vice versa. So, um, so values have got this like squishiness to them. But if you were to take a close look at how humans make decisions and how they act, it's typically based on what they think about a situation, whether they're thinking about it consciously or not. And that's influenced by our values, whether you're super cognizant and you've got salient values or not, it doesn't matter. That's what they are. That's what they're doing for us. The values to me are pretty conventional. They're subjective. So that's the key thing. And they govern behavior. So now let's take a look at principles. So I view principles as being fundamentally different. I see principles as being a fundamental truth or a proposition that serves as the foundation for a system of belief. So super different where values are about a judgment of what's important and they um, they serve to, you know, uh, govern our behavior. I see principles as having some kind of fundamental truth to them and they serve to um, govern our system of belief. So, um, by the way, in the world of science, we call principles laws. So you think about the law of entropy or the law of gravity. They act as a truth that serve as a foundation for a belief system. Like you don't have to know everything there is to know about gravity. You just know it has an impact on you, right? So here's the fundamental shift I want you to get, if nothing else. So, you know, Come back to this one piece over and over and over again, okay? Values are subjective. They govern behavior. Principles are like laws. They're objective and they govern consequence. So me and you, we can have a totally opinion about respect or family means, and we can even differ on how much we value it. That's fine. But when it comes to laws like gravity, we can have a totally different opinion about it, but we'll experience the same consequence if we step off a 10-story building roof, right? One governs behavior, the other governs consequence. And I think that's really important to understand with all of this. So why does this matter? Here's the deal, and I want you to make sure that you, you write these two things down. One, principles govern with some predictability what the outcome or consequence will be for our performance. So now we're jumping back into the world of people and process. Laws like gravity are, are awesome when they take into account what's happening in our physical world. I want to come into the emotional interdependency of human beings. And principles govern with some predictability what the outcome or consequence is going to be for our performance. And two, principles provide the reason. It's the purpose or the why. Why we do what we do because they lead to certain consequences. So let's translate that into process. Think about the principle of assuring quality work. So here we're talking about quality. So think about this as owning and checking your work before you pass it on. Let's do a quick test. So in the past, let's say week or two, have you or your teams, maybe you're a leader of a team, have you or your teams received any requests or work that's incomplete, inaccurate, or maybe even unclear or ambiguous and you needed to follow up to get more information? Hmm? Or maybe you or your teams in the past few weeks have received work, maybe an order, paperwork, an application, maybe data that's incomplete or incorrect and needs to be fixed. Or maybe in the last week or two, your customer has received the wrong item, maybe the wrong check, maybe it's been in the wrong amount, maybe the wrong paperwork, maybe the wrong product or service. If anything like that has happened, you're probably living 
outside of the principle of assuring quality work, right? So think about what happened. Like, what did you have to do? Maybe the behavior ranged from not owning the problem. Maybe you or people on your team thought like, well, I didn't know or I didn't have time to fix it or it's not my job, right? Maybe from that all the way over to enabling the problem, which might sound like um, or look like folks fixing other people's mistakes or tolerating incomplete work, just feeling like, well, that's just the way it is. Either way, it has an impact on your performance. And, and the impact might look like time wasted searching and then fixing, maybe energy wasted, maybe credibility lost, maybe frustration, um, maybe time spent investigating, looping others in, right? Taking you away from planned work. Maybe it's had the impact of creating distrust in the process and, and ultimately lack of engagement, feeling like, ugh, what's the point, right? Here's the deal. There's a predictable consequence on our performance when we don't build in quality to our workflows. It's predictable. So now that you know this, you have a certain amount of responsibility, especially as a leader. Now that you know this, to do nothing about this makes you an accomplice to the consequence. It's kind of like driving around and you're in a neighborhood you're not clear about and you're like, hey, what's the speed limit here? And you, you can kind of get away with like, is it 25? Is it 35? But once you see the sign and you know it's 25, at that moment, when you choose to go 35, you're making a conscious choice to take on the risk and the responsibility for what comes with it. So I'm calling out all leaders because I'm making this distinction so you can really understand that when you have principles like assuring quality at the source, and we'll go through one more just to give you an example, you now know that principles govern with some predictability the outcome or the consequence on your performance. So the question now is, what outcome or consequence are you committed to? Right? And the principle here provides the reason, like, why would we do what we do? Well, we do it because, and come back to the impact, we do it because my people spend their time wasted on searching and fixing and feeling frustrated and feeling distrustful in a process and lacking engagement. And I don't want that anymore. So that's our why. So these two things play a huge role in making sure we take responsibility for something different. So let's look at another example then. Let's look at the example of, uh, and the principle of begin with the end in mind. And I love this one. It, it sounds a little different depending on how you're thinking about it. Um, you know, in the world of um, Stephen Covey, it's begin with the end in mind coming from the seven habits of highly effective people. I know coming from an organization that I worked with for so long and they were connected to the Toyota production system um, and lean, um, lean thinking, lean management. Um, you know, for them, it was create value and you can finish that with create value for those you serve or create value for the customer, whatever, however you want to finish that, right? There has to be value for someone because you're creating something, whether that thing is real or, or perceived, maybe it's emotional, maybe it's uh, learning based. It doesn't matter. Anyways, being clear about the vision, the outcome before you start, like that's what this is about. So I know Covey says, um, and I like how he puts it, performance is constrained when we do not have a model or we have the wrong model or we have an incomplete model of what's possible. So think about this. Think about beginning with the end in mind just to keep this really simple. Maybe in the last couple of weeks, have you or your teams ever worked on a project and it's unclear what the outcome you were working towards is? Or maybe you've been in a meeting and it's unclear like what the purpose was for the meeting or the deliverables were supposed to be. Or think about this, maybe in your working experience, have you ever worked on a team and it was unclear what the vision for success was or the outcome you guys were driving towards? Or maybe you've been on a leadership team and you were working with a new leader and it was unclear what the vision was that that leader had. 
All of those things are examples of beginning with not the end in mind, right? Like there's a lack of clarity around the principle of beginning with the end in mind. And think about what happened. Like what did you experience in those situations and what was the impact? It might have been that the impact was you were left, especially in these meetings where things were unclear or you're on teams where things were unclear, where there's over-processing. You're doing more than you need to or maybe you're talking about things more than you need to. Maybe there's analysis paralysis. And then at some point, people are kind of tuning out. Maybe you're creating the wrong outcome. Maybe you spend time and energy actually doing things only to find out that you did the wrong thing and now you have to backtrack. So now the impact is time wasted. It's energy wasted. Maybe there's anxiety about what you should be doing. And all of this leaves people feeling resigned. And again, this lack of engagement or burned out, like why bother? Like that's that's huge. And so to me, again, this comes back to the two things that I think I, I called out earlier, why it matters to understand the difference between values and principles. Because principles govern with some predictability, the outcome or consequence, because remember principles govern consequence, what it's gonna be the consequence for our performance. When you're not following them and when you are, there's going to be some predictability and they provide the reason, the purpose of why we do what we do. We do this because I don't want people to have to engage in work that doesn't matter for them. I do this because people wake up excited to make a difference. I do this because people want to feel connected. And when we do these things, people feel disconnected. They feel lack of engagement and they're not able to create what they want. See, for me, what we do is not as important as how we do it. And for me, that stems from a deep connection with why we do it that way. And I think that's really important. A focus on results is short-term thinking, to be honest with you. And it's, it's good to have you know a focus on results, but a focus on how you achieve a results really gets you into the long-term perspective. And that's the culture shift, whether that's you know, a, a shift in your way of being as an individual, or if you're like working with teams, that's the shift in culture because how your team goes about achieving the results is really the long-term investment as people come in and out of that team. That's what you want to like feed. That's the thing to make sure is, is getting like the lifeblood of your energy because that's the sustenance right there. Getting the results, you know, you're going to do that or you're not going to do that and then it's over. But how you achieve results is super important because Day in, day out, week in, week out, year after year, as people come and go, as the conditions change, if you've got a framework that you go by to achieve results, then you're going to have an opportunity to keep those results consistent and sustainable. I don't mean perfect. I mean consistent and sustainable. So how do we do this? How do we connect principles to our work to improve performance, especially since they have an impact on our performance already? And here's how we do it. And I know this is going to sound simple and there's more to it, but I'm going to say it anyways. We anchor them to our systems. You have to have systems, folks. You have to have systems in place to drive daily experiences and behaviors that not only help you create results, but create the culture that you want to exist. I don't care if your organization is your family of four. That's my deal here at home. We have systems here. It drives my wife crazy, but we have them. Some of them are more informal. Some of them are super formal. The ones that are super formal drive her crazy, but that's right because we have a way of going about being a family that are really important, um, that matter to us. And they don't all drive her crazy, but some of them do. And she always has to course correct me to make them fit in for both of us, which is a conversation. And, and when I lead teams and support teams to make sure that they're trying to drive the culture that they want, it comes back to this fundamental place. I can, I can create um, clarity around where we want to go all day long. I can create clarity around the kind of behaviors I want for folks all day long. I can create clarity around the skill sets for folks to have some kind of level of competence and capability to interact with each other all day long. 
until we have systems, it makes it difficult to consistently and sustainably get the kind of results that we want. So I'm saying this and I just, I'm, I'm, I think I'm hammering this point home. You got to have systems to be able to build upon um, what we're talking about here to allow principles to show up to um, impact the performance in a meaningful way. And that's the key. You want to learn more about systems? Listen to episode three of my podcast on building a system for daily management and adaptability. It's awesome. Or, you know what? Go to episode eight on the podcast on building a system for strategy execution in the midst of daily urgencies. It's pretty killer too. Those are systems designed to create a specific outcome. They didn't just evolve. The ones I'm talking about here are designing them consciously. And those systems give you access to drive specific behaviors. Now, it's incumbent upon you to determine the culture that you want to create and the and what the people should be doing, what the behaviors actually are to live that culture. There's a certain aspect of that that's intentional. Like you're not going to try to engineer all the behaviors that people have, but you are going to engineer some. I remember when I was a high school teacher uh, way back over 20 years ago when I started my career. And anytime I delivered a lesson, there was going to be any number. If I had 30 people in the room, there's going to be 30 plus different learning outcomes that were going to show up because everyone was going to describe their own aha, their own meaning to it. That's awesome. That's great. I cared very little about that, okay? Um, because I didn't have control over that. I was after one or two specific learning objectives that that I wanted all 30 to walk away from. If all 30 walked away from those one or two objectives, boom, I did my job. And then everything else that flew from that was 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 gravy on top. That's awesome because they had in like their own life experiences. The same is true when I'm talking about this and building cultures and behaviors. You need to be really intentional with the, the key you know, five to 10 behaviors that you really want folks to adopt. And so, you know what, I'm just going to go, I'm going to play with this. I always tell folks the first step is getting acquainted with the principles that are important to your organization. So get acquainted with those, whatever they are, like what what are they for you? Uh, and how do you want your people to live the principles, those behaviors? And, and similar to driving culture, what systems would be driving these behaviors? daily. Like I want you to do that. So maybe the, the principles are beginning with the end in mind. Maybe the principles are assuring quality. Maybe the principles are um, making the value that you create flow. Maybe the principles are creating constancy of purpose. Maybe the cr- principle is lead with humility instead of, you know, and loving the problem instead of loving the solution. You know, whatever those um, principles are for you, Maybe the principle is respect every individual. That's one of my favorites. And for me, that means that human beings have a limitless ability to think fresh new thoughts every single moment. And they have a limitless ability to act then based on those those thoughts. And what I love about that is I think it's true despite what the circumstances look like because it looks like we get stuck. And I don't think we get stuck because of any other reason than um, at some point in time, we had some kind of message and we created a meaning. Maybe we got hurt and we stopped thinking just in one part of our lives, right? But we can free that. I've seen it over and over again. Many human beings, including myself, you just free that up and you're able to push forward and create a brand new thought, brand new way of seeing things. And it blows like the performance out of the water. Because that's what principles are. They're laws. We don't create them. So when I say get acquainted with them, you kind of have to uncover them and then you have to test them. Like that's how we find, you know, that's how we found gravity. It was already there. We just had to test to see how it fit in certain conditions. Um, That's how we understood entropy, right? Like my son's room 
with toys left on the ground will continue to devolve. Believe me, that law is definitely sound. Um, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to create a super short video on what this looks like. I'm going to include it in the link in the show notes. It's probably going to come out, you know, in a day or two. And, and it's going to clarify for you how you begin to create key behavior indicators and connect your principles together. So I'm going to make sure that I do that for you. So that's, that's what I want to make sure happens for you. And I really want you to get this distinction between values, which govern, um, you know, behavior and our subjective and principles, which are objective and govern consequence. And the reason I really want you to get that is because so many people try really hard to have organizational values and get everybody aligned to the values and get behaviors behind the values. And you know what? You can make that work to a point. It's just hard. It's just, I think that's the hard way to do it if you want results. It's kind of like me and you racing on bikes. I think I've used this analogy before and your your tires are flat and mine aren't. We're both going to get to a finish line. You're just going to work harder for yours. And maybe at some point, you know, because your tires are flat, your wheel's going to taco and you're going to fall over. But why would you do it the hard way? Like, if that works for you, it probably works for you because there's a number of different factors that had to get um, aligned really well. Like you had to have the right people and they had to be hired in a way that they already had the same values and, and everything was just right because there's so many different decisions that have to be made. Um, and because values govern our, our behavior, all of that has to align. And I'm not saying that it's not important to find the right people and it's not important to understand values. What I am stressing is that principles endure much further than values do. And so we need to figure out what those principles are because they centered why we do what they what we do. And then we have to anchor the principles to systems. Just knowing them and getting behaviors isn't enough. Like we have to drive them. You have to drive them through your systems. Otherwise, none of this works. These are just like really cool things to think about. You're amped up for maybe like a day at best. And then you go back to doing what you're doing because, you know, the, the pull to live outside of these principles is strong, you know. So that's what we're trying to undo. All right. All right. I think we're done. I think we're there. That's your dose of thought revolution for this week. I know that you guys are committed to living a purpose-filled life and I want you to spend more time making a difference than just making things work out because I just know that it makes the sun brighter. It makes the birds chirp louder. It makes you laugh deeper, whatever it is. And if you haven't rated the show yet, let's just shift to the show for a sec. Let's talk about ratings. I want you to rate. I want you to talk to me. I want you to tell you tell me what what you love, what you don't, and I want you to share. That's that's what's so important about rating. I want you to share. So don't be greedy. Be a contribution. Tell me what's up. And in the process, other people are going to take a look at this and they're going to make a decision to maybe listen or not, okay? And so that's that's how you're going to have impact in this show. All right. That's it for this week. Until next time. <laughs>